Beyond the Pale Ale, with Matthew Stewart. Hey everyone, this is Matt from Simplistic Reviews with another episode of Beyond the Pale Ale. Today I have a very special guest, not that all my guests aren't special, but this one is especially special right now. Um, it's my first guest from out of, out of the state of Tennessee as well, too. Um, Mar- Marcus Bas- Baskerville, correct? I, I'm gonna yes, sir. I'm, okay, Marcus yep. Baskerville, head brewer from uh, Weathered Souls Brewing out of San Antonio, Texas. I'm very excited to have him on the show and kind of talk about what's going on in the world of beer and beyond that as well, too. Thanks for coming on the show today, Marcus. Really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for having me. It's appreciating. Cool. Okay. So um, to the people who don't know about Weathered Souls, I, I know about you in passing via Instagram and, you know, you're, you're, you seem to be part of on, on the trendy end of the uh, craft brew scene, you know, uh, associating yourself with the likes of Jay Wakefield and all the other guys that are doing uh, a lot of stuff in the uh, kind of a cutting edge market of beer, but tell, tell the people about Weathered Souls and tell people about yourself, of course. Uh, okay. So uh, name is Marcus Baskerville. Um, I've been brewing now for about eight years. Uh, we're located in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, we'll be celebrating our four year anniversary in November. Uh, it's me and my business partner, Mike. And then we have another business partner named Daryl in um, North Carolina. Uh, pretty much we offer, uh, operate a 20 barrel, uh, at this point, I think we have 12 tanks. So, uh, 12 fermenter system, um, pretty much before the pandemic, uh, we did a large number of distribution for the city of San Antonio and Texas. Um, and then, uh, as you said, you know, we kind of make some of the trendy beers. So, um, we have a decent release schedule um where we release small batch releases every thursday uh because of the pandemic we moved them to friday uh they typically sell out super fast with the um online to go orders from you know three four minutes before they sell out um but then before that you know we were doing the typical releases people lining up stuff like that um so obviously you know i'm a black brewer in texas uh there's not many of us furthermore there's not many of us that are business owners yeah uh but the texas craft beer community has been pretty awesome uh with supporting our brand and brewery and all that good stuff um so i mean it's been a pretty awesome journey so far well you guys were doing self-distro when you guys first started and everything too right? yeah so, so we were doing self-distro um and then we started going through a distributor um still doing self-distro outside of san antonio um so it was a lot getting you know it was some good work going on uh before the pandemic we were doing about 80 barrels a month in our west coast ipa um our mexican lager is also pretty popular in the city so well, I mean, I'm thinking Mexican lager in a city like San Antonio, you know, it's yeah, uh, exactly yeah, right. You, you, yeah. you got to make sure you come correct with things like that. Yeah. I would assume too. You know, there's a lot of competition out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, like you said, you've been brewing for eight years. What what got you into uh, brewing as kind of a job at this point? Because I, I am interested. Because one one thing that always kind of 
interests me. I, I mean, I'm, I work as, as a distributor or on the distribution side in, in Nashville. Okay. And of course, attended tons of beer festivals and accounts and everything like that. Um, and one thing that's always kind of, I don't know, it's, it's irked me in a lot of ways is the lack of diversity in the brewing scene, just in general. And, mm -hmm. you know, what made you want to kind of break into that business, knowing that there, there's such a lack of diversity in, in the brewing scene? Uh, um, one, I think that's part of the reason why I originally got into brewing was there wasn't many African-Americans that I knew that brew beer. Um, besides my relative uh, Terrence, who previously worked for a couple of breweries, uh, was part of the brewing network, you know, home brewing, stuff like that. Mm. And so pretty much he was the only black brewer I knew. Um, I knew of Michael Ferguson. I knew of Garrett Oliver. Mm. But outside of that, that was pretty much it. Um, so originally I got into brewing based out of competition. Uh, okay. My brother did a homebrew uh, like kit, came out terrible, and it was like one of those things. Well, I could brew a better beer than yeah, you can. We've been there, right? <laughs> yeah, and so pretty much, you know, uh, that's how it originally started for me. And so, um, as far as the whole community thing goes, I mean, I never looked at it from a standpoint of race, mm -hmm. uh, only because. Uh, the majority of people that got me my start, the the people that dedicated their time to assisting me with opening the brewery, uh, I mean, obviously even the person that uh, provided the money for us to open, um, the person that let me volunteer at the brewery have all been Caucasian. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, for me, dealing with the brewing and stuff like that, I think they've always seen my passion behind it. And so it was never a thing about race or, uh, you know, I need to get in because uh, there's not any black people. Uh, most of the Caucasian community, well, all of it, as far as everybody that I've experienced have been pretty uh, welcoming yeah. um, as far as accepting, you know, people of color and into the craft beer scene. I mean, it's become such a, I mean, the industry is so big and, you know, it's become so diverse, you know, female head brewers, you know, of all, and brewers of all races, it's, it's just growing exponentially. And yeah. it's, it's, it's great. It's great to see that, but it's, it's, it's always been like an, an irk of mine where I haven't seen, you know, there's people behind the scenes working, but there, there aren't a lot of people I feel like in the community as a whole, but maybe that's my, my maybe that's my blind. Yeah, um, maybe that's my, my, that's my problem in a lot of ways. Too, that, you know? um, I also keep a pretty diverse brew floor. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, uh, another African-American who's half Mexican on my brew floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a half Puerto Rican, half, uh, Caucasian, uh, assistant brewer. Uh, we just hired a new brewer's assistant that's, um, I want to say Cuban and Caucasian. Okay. Uh, I might be wrong, so I apologize to him if so, but, <laughs> you know, uh, we keep a pretty diverse, um, staff at Weather Souls, and that's always been one of mine and my um, business partner's mission is to do that, uh, to, you know, have a diverse staff and be opening to people of color, uh, because obviously there's not many of us. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things where you uh, learn one and then teach one, right? So Absolutely. you go ahead and I take that knowledge that I've provided and provide that to the next person and hopefully they do the same. And then, you know, from there, obviously, Hopefully, more people of color, uh, more women, 
and even other demographics will start getting into brewing. Yeah. I mean, it's like the whole thing. It's like, I, I kind of, I guess, compare it to like comic books in a lot of ways where people want to see the people they read about or see doing things, doing what they want to do in a lot of ways. And just, mm-hmm. you know, seeing you as a head brewer of a, of a extremely successful, you know, regional brewery is, is exciting for a lot of people where it's like, well, I can be anything at this point. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's, you know, overstating things, but I mean, people want to be brewers as well too, you know? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> brewers have become pretty popular, right? <laughs> they have. I mean, they're the rock stars of the industry in a lot of ways, even though, I mean, yeah. you, you seem pretty down to earth and you seem like, okay, I just brew the beer and everything like that. And then you have, you know, people like Garrett Oliver who were just, far more gregarious people you know writing books and you know being Mm -hmm. ambassadors uh, of the craft for so many years um now if if you weren't brewing what what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't brewing beer so previously before brewing i was a fraud manager okay so how how did that how did that come to be were you just sick and tired Um, i've been in banking for i've well i've been in banking pretty much since i was 19 um i've had other jobs obviously throughout the years uh but pretty much banking was always the main focus. Uh, so originally I came to San Antonio to uh, help train um, the, the fraud department out here. They basically moved the company that I was working for, fraud department, to San Antonio. And so I was part of the group that came out and trained. I had never been anywhere outside of uh, Sacramento before. And so I was like, you know what? Uh, let's go ahead and move. Why not? Uh, they're offering me they're offering me more money than I was making in California to live in a cheaper state um you know um I said I'm not married at the time and having kids at the time so hey let's get up and move and so I ended up moving maintaining home brewing and it kind of just developed from there um when you were home brewing um were were there any things you were concentrating on like what what were your favorite things to do as a home brewer were you being experimental or were you kind of how do i hold my craft i was pretty much across the board i mean at the time i was uh home brewing there wasn't anything called a pastry stout but Hmm. i mean you know we're still i was still doing stouts with coconut chocolate vanilla uh i was doing barrel aged stouts at the time um Let's see, I had um, a beer called Sweet Ginger Brown. It was an imperial stout with, uh, obviously, ginger, cinnamon, allspice, um, cacao nibs, vanilla. Um, I had a dream sickle ale. So it was kind of across the board what what I was doing. Um, a few of my homebrew recipes actually turned into the core beers that we have now, mm-hmm. uh, like our um, Blonde Ale. Uh, uh, Malterial Girl uh, at the time that it was the homebrew recipe. It was called Give Me That Becky. Uh, then like um, Roundabout Midnight was the first porter that I ever brewed. That's our core porter that we keep on tap. So um, you know, it, it was kind of fun to develop different things, but then also still stay traditional. Um, pretty much the people that taught me how to brew were all traditional brewers. So obviously I had to have that that aspect in my home brew uh yeah home brewing <laughs> but as time developed over the years I kind of branched out from that and started doing different things that I personally like drinking at the store. Got it. Well what what do you like personally drinking? Are you are you on the trend or are you kind of more of a are you more on the kind of like a pilsner lager type thing? Yeah. Are you definitely the, on the hazy boy type the last thing, years, you know? I've I've been burnt out on um any stout that's not like a base 
barrel aged stout. It was mm-hmm. non. I enjoy non adjuncted barrel aged stouts, pilsners, and lagers, West Coast IPAs. It's it's refreshing to hear you say you enjoy West Coast IPAs because I feel West Coast like, IPAs are my all time favorite beer. I mean, and like it's, I just got a box of my brother had just sent me a box a week ago, and they were he sent me I think it was eighteen beers, uh, and there was two Pliny's. And I immediately chilled those, and both of those were gone that night. Like, West Coast IPA is my favorite. Yeah, it's it's a style that I I mean, being in the industry now, it's like everything I think has been dominated by the, you know, turbid, hazy, juicy, whatever you want to call it, IPA at this point. And there's a place for it, of course. I'm not, yes. I mean, it, it's it's such a money maker for so many people because it's I don't know in so many ways the now now the hazy IPA is the entry point for beer. Whereas back in the day, it might have been a pale ale like Sierra Nevada pale ale or, pale ale or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting how the uh, you know the industry has trended in that direction. But it's re- like I said, it's refreshing to hear you say, "I like West Coast IPAs." Yeah. Th- thank you, Marcus. I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of other beers and things like that, um, the main thing I really wanted to kind of talk about, and I know it, it's 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 important. It's very exciting is the um the black is beautiful project that you guys are doing right now uh, uh-huh. seeing up up to date i guess you guys have almost over 80 breweries that are associated um with this project um we've actually have gone over 170 at this point 170 at this point okay uh-huh. so wow okay so the newspaper is wrong so <laughs> yeah. it's uh within the last so you figure we posted the link yesterday i would say maybe 36 hours ago or something like that right yeah it's been yeah a little less than that um and uh yeah it's it's been a great reception so far i mean congratulations to that uh that's 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 amazing because it reminds me of everybody did the all together project um, mm-hmm. as well too a lot of people were associated with that including some local tennessee breweries as well which i was really proud of so of course that yeah. goes towards a different segment of the business um but when you thought about putting together the black is beautiful project um what were what were your thought i i i know what your thoughts well i don't i don't know what your thoughts were but i i know where the genesis of it was but uh, what's what's the ultimate goal of it and what do you want to kind of put it towards improve kind of as in terms of the industry um so originally when i thought of uh doing the um black is beautiful project i originally was going to come out with a beer right and it was going to be like a small batch release like we normally do and it was just going to kind of be my thing um i just wanted to come up with a way as a black business owner to show my solidarity and support of uh inclusion and equality and just let you know my brothers and sisters know that i'm there for them right mm-hmm. uh me personally having small children uh and as much as i work different things like that i didn't get to make it to the protest right yeah so being that i didn't get to make it to the protest i was pretty down about it uh saturday saturday night like pretty disappointed in myself like you know uh i felt i felt you know my blackness was almost questioned i mean in all honesty like my blackness was questioned for not going and so i had to think of something as a black business owner how I could go ahead and uh, do something with the general platform that I have and the business that I have. 
Uh, and so that's where that came from. So originally I was going to come out with a beer and uh, I was actually texting, uh, messaging with uh, Jeffrey Steffens. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about some of the general uh, stuff that was going on and Trump and, you know, stuff that's going around the country right now. Yeah. And so I had sent them the logo or sorry, the label. Mm-hmm. And he basically challenged me to turn it into a collaborative effort. And so this was Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I basically spent the afternoon, evening writing up a mission statement, sending it to a couple of friends, sending it to my brother, like, hey, what do you think of this? Uh, and as the night developed, it went from a couple sentences to a few pages. Uh, <laughs> and basically, I was up the next 24 hours coming up with this initiative. Um, so then I hit up Kevin Dyer for the label, like literally that Sunday afternoon, told him, Hey, uh, I need this label done by today. If you have time, I need it ASAP. (laughs) Uh, this is what I want. Uh, I gave him a pretty general idea of the concept and and my thought of what the label should be. And then he went from there and I basically told him at the end, Kevin, I want to see how woke you are. And (laughs) I just left it at that. I mean, he did an amazing job with the label. And so, um, from there, the next morning, I got up at, well, I didn't sleep, so I got out of the bed about five o'clock, went immediately to work, typed everything up, because I literally have been typing on my phone the entire night, my notes uh, app on the iPhone, <laughs> and then went to work, typed everything up, presented it to my business partner, my bar manager, and my sales manager, like, hey, this is what we're going to do, and uh, we're going to post this within the next two hours. Um, and so pretty much I wanted it to get that, get it out there. I was so excited about it. Um, but I just wanted to, I know that the craft beer community is very eclectic in its customer base and is becoming eclectic in the, um, general, uh, uh, professionals that work in the craft beer community. And so I seen the response from what Sierra Nevada did. I seen the response from what, uh, the all together, uh, campaign did. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to call on these breweries to do something for something uh, that uh, means should mean something to everybody. Yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the hospitality worker uh, situation should mean something to everybody. The fire should mean something to everybody. Uh, but this particular uh, initiative is about humanity. Yeah. And so I felt like calling on the craft beer community because there's so many breweries uh, with so many different diverse uh, amounts of employees that, you know, it, it should be almost a no brainer for everybody to want to participate in this initiative and, and kind of push for equality and and push for people of color and, and push for, you know, a common respect amongst humanity because everybody deserves that. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I was, looking at the post when you first posted it and just within hours, I was, I, I wasn't shocked, but I was just very happy with, with the response and, and having, and even just people yeah. calling other breweries out, like, you know, Hey, are you going to do this? And also combining it in the time of, you know, in the middle of a pandemic and still people trying to try trying to get involved in something that is bigger than they are and forgetting about, like their issues in a lot of ways and saying this is more important than what's 
what I have going on right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive that you were able to get such a huge response, even with so many things going on uh, in this country right now, in this world for that matter, you know? It's crazy, like, the, the response that we've gotten so far. Like, it's almost humbling that so many people have reached out and are so passionate about it. Like, I would have never thought when I wrote it up, like, it was going to go this far. Uh, even to the point where, you know, even Sam from other half has reached out and offered the, the entire altogether uh, network to help assist with it. And, you know, it's, it's great that the entire craft beer community is, is uh, participating in this and, and wants to show solidarity. And that was the whole point of the initiative in the first place. You just think you were, you were up all night with, I'm sure there's nervous energy, probably like a kid before Christmas or something like that. Like, I can't, exactly. wait, till, I can't <laughs> wait till I get to the brewery to write this up and send this yeah. off. It's so awesome. And I mean, it, it it's, it's great. I, I'm sure the list will continue to grow. I mean, I'm excited it, for natural purposes, living waters being a part of the collaboration as well, too. Um, those guys are such a young brewery as well, too. I mean, they almost opened up in the middle of when I mean, we had our big tornado here in, in uh -huh. and that destroyed a lot of stuff. And it was like, Oh, great. Uh, a new business opening up in the middle of a tornado and then a pandemic and then um, unprecedented civil unrest in a lot of ways too. So it's like uh, the trifecta of opening up a new business, I guess. Yeah, right? so that's, Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, I guess 170, over 170 breweries. Um, I don't want you to pick a favorite, but who are you most excited to uh, have work on this beer and put their own spin on it? I don't want to put you on the spot, you know, or anything like I, that. Honestly, you got, I got a people honestly, in the industry. I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put anybody above the other. Um, you know, when it boils down to it, uh, everybody's contribution matters in this type of effort. Um, it's nice to definitely see uh, some of the larger breweries like uh, Trillium and Perennial, mm -hmm. Uh, Jay Wakefield. Yeah, um, second shift I saw on there. Yeah, well too, second so. shift. Um, Green it, Bench, yeah. which is one of my favorites too. Yeah, Green, good Bench, to see Green Bench. Chris, yeah, I shot Chris a message personally. Um, so you know, dealing with that type of stuff, it's it's crazy that these larger breweries want to get involved uh, because they have such a, a larger network than we do, right? So yeah. you know, we have I think eleven thousand followers or something like that. So the fact that these larger breweries are actually going ahead and sharing our message with everybody else, like, you know, that's, it's incredible that, you know, it's starting to reach so many people because just our avenue alone, we wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're doing some, some great work, man. I, I've, from a beer drinker and as just a human being, it's, you know, inc incredible to talk to somebody like you who spearheaded this and is making this happen and making it known that this is a a contribution well worth everybody's effort no matter what just it's pretty cool sorry i, I don't mean to, I, I don't mean to get laid no i appreciate you, man it. but i mean it's it's yeah. it's cool as just a person working in the business and seeing somebody you know being you know just doing something bigger than themselves in a lot of ways that's mm -hmm. it's really really awesome um now with um have you have you decided who I know the contributions are going to be going going some have you decided who the con the contribution or the uh the money will be going to or are you still kind of working those things out a little bit um so for us ours is going to be going to the know your rights camp okay so i felt that was kind of what happened with george floyd going with the know your rights camp kind of brings things full circle 
uh, since, you know, uh, Kaepernick pretty much started this message three years ago uh, yeah. with the with Neil. And so I just felt like that was full circle for uh, the message that I wanted to provide with the, with the initiative. Um, as far as the other breweries go, um, they are free to choose the uh, nonprofit organization entity of their choosing. Um, I just ask that it be something local and something that uh, supports, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. uh, supports the NAACP, supports, you know, some type of initiative that uh, is geared towards equality and people of color. Um, that's the only th stipend that I asked into regards of the program and people based off of some of the messages we have seen um, have been pretty much uh, in right in line with with what we were trying to do. A collaborative effort that's worth everybody's time. And, and uh, is there is there a cutoff for anybody? Uh, to no, uh, I mean, it's not like this issue is going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, whenever anybody can fit this within their production schedule, uh, you know, Hey, I, I appreciate you getting it into your tanks. Very cool. All right. Well, this is a, I mean, it's a small audience I have, but anybody I talk to, I will make sure it's like, get, you know, talk to Marcus, get on the Weathered Souls Instagram or message or something like that. Because like you said, working into the brewing schedule, even if you're just making a small run, it's worth the effort and time. And uh, exactly. I mean, even if you could put a barrel on and, and only have it on tap, I mean, that's, that's good enough for me. Very cool. Well, um, that's, that's, that's what I have to, I mean, thank you so much again for just being candid and talking to me about this, this magnificent effort, the uh, black is beautiful project. I'm looking forward to it, at least drinking it locally from living waters or if any other local Nashville brewery is going to be brewing it, that'd be fantastic as well. Yeah. Um, Go ahead and make sure you send Kim your address and we'll make sure you get some of ours. I, Hey, I, I wouldn't be asking for it, but you're asking, you're telling me to give you a I will, man. So no worries. I like to drink it right from the source. I want to drink from your recipe. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, uh, with that being said, is there anything else you want to want to kind of like pitch at the end? Like talk about the, uh, you have everybody, like please that? just please share, um, you know, please share the message, please share the website, the link. Um, we'll be coming up with the hashtag tonight. Hopefully, like I said, you know, I literally came up with this Sunday. So, you know, it's still <laughs> definitely a work in progress. Uh, we're going to be getting an updated website tonight, so look out for that. Uh, that will probably get launched within the next couple of days. Um, maybe even a ha updated uh, label, um, some updates to the logo. Uh, but everybody, please just go ahead and share. Um, please go ahead and spread the word. Uh, tag your favorite breweries. Um, you know, tag even your favorite businesses that might be able to help. and yeah that's that'd be more than helpful i love it well marcus i really appreciate your time uh thank you for joining me on this episode of beyond the pale ale of course i'm matt if you have any questions email me uh matt at simplisticreviews.net or contact at simplisticreviews.net uh, i'll include all the uh, links for weathered souls and the black is beautiful project in the podcast notes as well too and again marcus appreciate your time man it's been a been a great time just chatting with you brother thank you for having me i appreciate it thanks for listening to beyond the pale ale 
You can find more features from Simplistic Reviews at simplisticreviews.net. And remember, bottoms up.